join with me in the prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. A lesson from the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and then chapter 65, verses 7 through 22 and 25. The word that Isaiah, son of Asmoth, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word the Lord of Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift sword up against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. For I'm about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I'm creating. For I'm about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years shall be considered a youth and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They should build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall be the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like an ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'd like to invite the children to come and share a moment with me. If you're here in the sanctuary and want to join me up here, please do. And if you're worshiping online, just get a little closer to your screens and we'll have a special minute or two together. Oh, sorry. Yes, it's communion Sunday. So this is closed up. We have to go around this way. I forgot to come on around. Welcome. So glad y'all are here on this holiday weekend. Come on up. Welcome, welcome. Get my tippy toes. <laughs> and good morning to those of you who are worshiping online. 
I want to show you something that I brought from my house. This is actually a candle holder. It doesn't look like a candle holder, does it? But you put it on the table and then you put a candle in the middle. And what does it look like? Can you see a crowd? It's people holding hands. It does look kind of like a crown, doesn't it? But it's actually people kind of putting their arms around each other. And it makes me think about everybody loving each other and being kind to each other and how we're all connected to each other. You know, in our church, we talk a lot about how God loves everyone and how we're called to love everyone. And this is just one of those things that reminds me of how much we all share and how alike we are and how we're called to love and be one together. Sometimes we need things like this to look at and imagine. Imagine what it was like if the whole world loved each other and there was peace and we treated everybody with kindness. It's not always that way, you know, but as people of God, we get to imagine it and pray for it and do everything we can to work for it. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for those reminders, those pictures we can see, those words that we hear that remind us that all of us are together, that you love all of us and you want us to live in peace. Help us to be people of peace and love in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, three, four, and five-year-olds can go to Children's Church with Pastor Maggie and Mr. David, who is actually my husband. So tell him I said hello. And if you're older than that, you can return to seats with parents or friends or grandparents. Almost exactly 10 years ago, I had the opportunity to travel to Uganda as part of a mission team from several churches, several United Methodist churches, who were taking part in building up a school there in a little village called Wasandegu. My friend and colleague, David Sebalime, had started this school when he was living in Uganda. And he and his wife had started a nonprofit here and were doing everything they could to build up the school. So a team of us went. Some of us went to do vacation Bible school with the children. Others of us went to do a medical clinic on the campus. And others of us were there to meet with the adults and do some teaching and training and Bible study together. The school was still pretty young at that point, and I remember one of the school's leaders took us out to the field beyond the classroom building and showed us what their plans were, what their dreams and hopes were, that they would be able to build a dormitory for some of the kids who would really be better off living at the school. They wanted to build a dining hall, and one day they wanted to build a high school so that some of these younger kids, as they aged out of the school, would still have a place to go to school. And so he invited us to close our eyes and to envision it and to be praying for it and doing what we could to participate in the realization of that dream. Well, I saw my friend David, Sibylle May, at annual conference, and he is in Uganda right now. And the student that we sponsor is now in high school. 
And now there's a high school building. And now there's a dormitory where she and other students live. And they're still living into this dream and learning how to be a faithful part of that community on behalf of all the families there. Sometimes it helps to have a visual out in front of us, something we can see in our mind's eye and pray for and work toward. This is Independence Day weekend. I see many of you are wearing your red, white, and blue. And on Tuesday, we'll be celebrating the, the anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And I took some time this week to read it over again and never cease to be moved by the opening words. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Now, when Thomas Jefferson penned those words, It was a revolutionary thing to do to send it to the king of England. He was in many ways breaking new ground and helping to start a new nation with this principle. But as we look back on history, we realize that when Thomas Jefferson wrote these words, he was a product of his own time and he didn't mean all people. He was thinking all men, all white men of European descent with property. Those were the citizens of the United States. So it was not quite the full realization where we are now. It's taken time and work. When the 14th Amendment was passed in the 1860s, suddenly all men became all men, were citizens of the, who were citizens of the United States could vote. It wasn't until 1920 that that came to include all women as well over the age of 18. And so we've seen that vision expand and grow as we've grown into it. When I was in uh, Memphis for annual conference, we went to the Civil Rights Museum and there was a a screen displaying Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, where he held out this phrase, we are a nation built on the belief that all men are created equal, and yet he was willing to point out how we had fallen short with our Jim Crow laws and segregation and uh, voting tests and grandfather clauses and poll taxes that were keeping some people from being able to vote. And so he and others have helped move us toward a greater and broader realization of this belief that all people are created equal. That's one of our beliefs as a congregation. As people of God, we put it this way, that God loves everyone unconditionally. And this should be a place where everybody is welcome, all people. And we still live into that and learn and struggle how to live into that. So one of the things that the prophets of the Hebrew scriptures do for us is they put before us a picture, a dream, a vision of what we are moving toward as the people of God. Of course, the prophets of old are moving us beyond national boundaries, beyond specifics of our historical moment to the greater dream of God for all time and all people. And this morning we hear that dream through the mouth of the prophet Isaiah. Now we're gonna be making our way through the prophets all summer. Isaiah comes first because Isaiah is the longest book. The prophets are ordered according to how long the book is. There's no secret to that. But Isaiah is 66 chapters long. And most biblical scholars will tell us that Isaiah is probably not one 
person speaking, but a collection of prophecies and oracles collected over a couple of centuries and put together as one work and placed in the mouth of Isaiah for us. And so what I've chosen this morning is a text from the beginning, chapter 2, and a text from the end of the book of Isaiah. And these were likely people of God speaking into different moments of history and yet giving us a vision for all time. Now the prophets, Isaiah included, had many different kinds of words to offer to the people depending on what was happening in the moment. Sometimes, oftentimes, if you've been reading Isaiah, you've been reading a lot of judgment. The prophet Isaiah announcing that the people of God have been unfaithful to God, that they are worshiping other gods, that they are putting their faith in political leaders rather than in God, that they are turning their backs on God. And so there's judgment and there's warning. The consequences are coming. But then we get to the middle of Isaiah, which Many scholars would place at the moment when the Babylonian armies had been through Jerusalem, destroying the temple and the walls of the city. And the prophet speaks comfort. Comfort. Oh, comfort my people. And then here at the end, again, putting before the people who God is calling them to be. A word of hope. And I wanted to land on the word of hope this morning. Because I think we are living in a time and place where we need hope. We need to be people of hope. We need to be those who are not dragged down the algorithms of social media to places of despair and giving up. We don't need to be those who look around and feel all the time like, well, there's no hope. We're moving backwards. There's nothing left to do. We need to be people of God who are people of hope. And to look not to our own vision, but to the vision of God and what God is doing in our midst. And I hear these words and I see these visions of Isaiah as ancient as they are, spoken to a people thousands of years ago as still speaking to us. So what are these visions of of hope that the prophet offers us this morning? If you want to, you can close your eyes and imagine it. The second chapter, the prophet describes the mountain of the Lord. It's the highest mountain of them all, and all the nations of the earth are making their way up the mountain, are seeking instruction from the Lord. The hearts of all people are open to learn of God's ways and God's wisdom. And so you can see all the nations of the earth surrounding the mountain of the Lord. And then the prophet says, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. All of the weapons of war turned against one another are turned into gardening implements. And instead of pointing our weapons at each other, we are planting and tilling the soil to bring about nourishment for one another. Can you see it? Can you imagine it? Can you hope for it? We get to the end of the prophet Isaiah. After the people of Israel and Judah have been through so much up and down, and the prophet speaks again and says, I am about to do, says the Lord, a new thing. 
I am about to create a new heavens and a new earth. God is about to renew the earth, the world. This isn't about heaven. This is about the world, the earth, this place where we live and walk and move. I am about to create a new heavens and a new earth. And God will take delight in this new Jerusalem. Nowhere in this place will there be an infant who lives but a few days. No more infant mortality. There will be no one who lives less than a hundred years. Everyone will be healthy and whole and have good health and good health care all through their lives. There'll be, as I've said more recently, no more cancer, no more COVID, no more disease. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. People won't hurt each other anymore but they will be united as one in humility, recognizing our place as one nation among many, living in peace with one another, not pointing our swords, our guns at one another. Can you see it? Can you believe in it? Can you hope for it? The truth is, my friends, we cannot make this happen on our own. This is God's work and God's doing. And yet as the people of God, God chooses to partner with us to help bring it to fruition. So as we ponder these visions, these images, these words of the prophet, we let them soak into our own lives and shape how we live every day, how we act in the world, how we treat one another, how we talk about politics, how we dream and hope. There's one final vision that comes before us today, and it's this one, the table, the one that Jesus offers to us in his, his own life, on the night that he gave himself up for us. His is a table where everyone is welcome. And I picture a round table, there's no rank or hierarchy the newest person at the table belongs just as much as the person who's been here the longest. And we all come to receive God's grace through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So as we allow these words of Isaiah to sink in, to shape our living, as we come to the table today and find that we are welcomed and received as we are, let us make room for one another and let us celebrate our deep oneness and the peace that only Christ can give.